Welcome everybody to our Advent prayer journey. The word Advent comes from a Latin word which was originally translated from a Greek word, parousia, which referred to the coming of Christ in the flesh as well as his second coming. Advent has been a part of the church calendar since the early days of the church. It is a tool that helps us prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ. So as you enter prayer now, take a moment to pause, take a breath, and refocus your scattered thoughts on the presence of God. And as you breathe, remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some impersonal life force or power, but a companion for life who walks with you every day. So rather than praying what you think that you should pray, pray from an honest place. Pray as if your best friend were sitting right next to you with a listening ear. Today we're reading out of Psalm chapter 96, verses 7 through 13. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. I love the sense in this verse that worship is imperative. It's not just a good idea, but this verse gives us a sense of urgency. Worship is what we must do. And we're given a few reasons why we must worship the Lord. Let me list a few. He's holy and perfect. He reigns and is in control. He's the creator of all things. And the quality of his work in creation is so good that it is firmly established and can't be moved. Pray this prayer today, Lord, I worship you. All you have created is beautiful. And if creation is this beautiful, I can't even imagine how beautiful the one is who created it. I have joy in my heart because you are so wonderful.
hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus, there were prophecies about his life. Let's read this passage together, and as we do, we can understand more fully who he is. This is the prophecy out of Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I don't think that there is a more hopeful compilation of words that you can find anywhere in the world than these words right here. I mean, what a promise. This right here is the manifesto of Jesus. This is his declaration of who he is and what he came to establish. In fact, we see Christ himself recite these words in Luke 4 at a synagogue. And once he finishes reading this passage, he rolls up the scroll he was reading. He sits down quietly and he says this phrase, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What he's saying is that he is the fulfillment of these words. Can you hear the echo of Christ dropping the mic in that synagogue? What a claim. Think about what that means about you and your relationship with Jesus. If it's true that he is here with good news, he's here to bind up your emotional wounds and to help you heal. He's here to bring joy to your world again. He's here to make you righteous. He's here to set you free from the chains in your life that keep you chained. The more you get to know Christ and the closer you move to him, the more these promises become a reality in your life. Which one of these promises do you need? Comfort, joy, freedom, good news, righteousness. Maybe you need all of it. Pray this prayer. Lord, bind my wounds, bring me joy, set me free, make me righteous. Bind my wounds, bring me joy, set me free, make me righteous. As we return again to our passage, listen for the natural inflections that you hear in this passage. Are there certain words or phrases that jump out to you? 
And what might God be saying to you by highlighting those phrases? Again, this is Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and the release from darkness for the prisoner, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They will renew ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I want you to think about the grand reversal that Christ has come to bring and that Christ will come again to bring in its fullness beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. In other words, Christ is telling the world that the dark parts of the human experience will be reversed and undone. We who know Christ have experienced the joy and the beauty that he brings to our lives. His presence in my life has redeemed and reversed so much of the ugly stuff that I've experienced in life. But what I love about this verse And what you'll find when you study Christ's quoting of it in Luke 4 is that this verse isn't complete. Christ has brought me so much joy, so much beauty, and so much righteousness, but there is more that's coming. The fullness of this verse is yet to be realized. This should stir up an anticipation in us. We should long for and eagerly wait for the day that God makes all things new. This anticipation is the substance and foundation of our hope. This is what gives us emotional resilience as Christians because we know that one day soon, the despair, the sorrow, the depression will be confronted and overthrown by joy, love, and nearness of Christ. A new day is coming. How does that hope for tomorrow give you strength for today? Pray this prayer. Lord, I'm excited to experience joy instead of mourning beauty instead of ashes, praise instead of despair. Help me, Lord, to understand and grasp the fullness of my hope in you.